0: All right. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. Today is Tuesday, April 21st. We do not have an interview today, although it has been a pretty crazy day uh, for the markets or the oil market in particular. So we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah, that's my story. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about the Mark Andreessen article, It's Time to Build. I won't get that much into it right now, but I'll be discussing that. And then we have uh, a draft of best and worst investors that we'd want to quarantine with and least want to and then as always we have a current state of fintwit we have hot water I've got a lot of hot waters this week uh, fuck Fuckberry kill and anecdotal evidence so let's go <music> welcome in uh i'll kick things off this week mark andreessen wrote an article about um well wasn't it it was more of a complaining piece but uh it's got a lot of of commentary it
1: was kind of an expose um and do you want to talk about who that is just in case i don't think everyone knows
0: yeah so he's a venture capitalist i'm not sure What his entire background is, but he runs Andreessen Horowitz, which is like the big VC firm, or I mean, there's a lot of big VC firms, but it's one of the big VC firms in Silicon Valley. He's kind of like the Silicon Valley. I don't want to say God, but he's, you know, one of the VCs that's probably the most um, well-known. I guess yeah. I could say. Where, how did he start again? How is it, what did he found? Uh, he got it was either out? him
1: or Horowitz was the guy that founded Netscape, which was the original internet browser, because uh, before that it was all dial-up weird stuff. Um, and then, you know that story about Microsoft, uh, where it might have been Horowitz, I can't remember, but Andreessen might have been the guy that uh, you know, founded that, um, and they kind of got crushed by Microsoft giving away Internet Explorer for free. Um, And then out of the money, out of the Netscape IPO, they started a VC fund and they've done extremely well.
0: Okay. Um, So this week he wrote an article and a little bit about the summary. He started by describing the lack of preparation from Western institutions related to coronavirus. Um, And he highlighted the unpreparedness around the medical community, but he also moved into basically ripping apart every institution in America beyond coronavirus as well. Um, So from education to structures, to manufacturing, to transportation, he didn't offer a whole lot of solutions. Um, And he essentially said there was a lot of laziness going on. I have a quote here from the article. It says, you don't just see the smug complacency, this set, you don't just see this smug complacency, this satisfaction with the status quo and the unwillingness to build in the pandemic or in healthcare. Generally, you see it throughout Western life and specifically throughout American life. So uh, I, he must've been having quite the bad day. Um, yeah. And then after beating, basically berating every system in America, he, he claimed that the problem is a lack of desire. I don't think it has anything to do with a lack of desire to be Quite honest. Um, yeah, I, li- I like where he was going with it. Uh, for one, you know, first
1: off, he, uh, he mentioned the Tesla Elon Musk dreadnought factory, which I kind of just had to take out of my head because that doesn't exist. They make cars in a tent. But he also is a VC that invests in a lot of digital things that have really distracted, um, you could say, a lot of the population. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, things like that, from uh, you know trying to actually work on the problems um, that could be coming down the line.
0: Right. And I don't want to like slander this piece because it was all around like a decent piece. It was just like a lot of complaining. And he did say some stuff that a lot of people would agree with. So I have another quote here. It says, building isn't easy or we'd already be doing all this. We need to demand more of our political leaders, of our CEOs, our entrepreneurs, our investors. We need to demand more of our culture, of our society, and we need to demand more from one another. We're all necessary and we can all contribute to building. And he kind of like challenged people. He said, "I know I'll probably get a lot of negative feedback from this, um, but I propose you to come up with a solution." And instead of like berating me for not coming up with mine, the problem is for me this there's I did not come away from this inspired. And if the point was to inspire people, I think he did a poor job.
1: Yeah, it, the, honestly, yeah, I mean it's fine. You know, it, it went viral. It might have inspired some some people out there. Uh, you know, it, it really inspired a lot of people to post all caps on Twitter. Um, it's time to build, which is a little ironic, uh, but I don't know. Maybe he, they should have launched a VC fund um, and said, like, "Hey, we're going to invest a billion dollars into actual stuff that will help people, not just another uh, social media company." Um uh, yeah. but I think that's the best thing he could have done. Uh, but there, there's nothing wrong with this essay.
0: No, I, I guess not. I don't know. It just like it felt like a lot of like hindsight bias. Where I mean. Like especially the whole like first half of the piece was basically that everyone was unprepared, and
1: I was. It's it would be funny if it was just all about Legos or something. Like yeah, he's like it's time to build, and then it's just a video of him making a whole like Lego <laughs> castle.
0: Okay, anyway, so that piece came out. Actually, it is worth a read. Uh, see what you think. Maybe you're inspired and you buy a new Lego set or something. But let's get <laughs> yeah. into the major discussion, which is oil futures. Um do you want to talk about it?
1: Yeah, I mean we I mean I think everyone saw this uh today we're recording on Monday April 20th uh 4:20 Elon Musk day apparently. Uh but yeah, oil futures went negative uh which a lot of people thought that that meant oil was you know you were getting paid you could get paid to have oil, which technically isn't true but it also is true. So here's the headline. Prices on futures contracts on West Texas crude that expired Tuesday, fell to negative 37.63 a barrel. Now there's a lot of unpack there and we can probably go through why this happened and then do a quick explainer of how the commodity markets work uh, specifically with oil because I think as you know, us before we kind of researched this and like 99% of people on Fintwit, we didn't really understand how it truly worked. You know, maybe we just follow a lot of, uh, you know, long term stock investor guys, but that's kind of you know, all those people seem to be like freaking out um, and maybe they're just being sarcastic. But first up, what is a May oil futures contract? You might think like, it's not really the price of oil. Why does it have to do with a month? Why is it a futures contract? So basically it is an abstract financial instrument that lets you bet on oil prices without actually owning physical oil. Not something a lot of people want to do. However, it converts to physical oil in May and you have to Quote, take delivery of the oil when it expires if you own it. So there's a lot of different oil futures contracts, and it goes out all into this curve. And the curve goes all the way out to 2030. And that's just like different futures contracts and what, uh, you know, uh, speculators or people that are hedging, like airlines or something like that, are betting on what the price of oil is going to be. And then if you continually buy and like sell these monthly oil futures, so say you're a hedge fund, you're betting that the price of oil is going to go up. You bought the May futures, but then once this came around, you dumped it because you don't want the physical oil, and then you buy the June one, and you just keep perpetually doing that. This is called rolling the futures, and you essentially bet on the oil price without actually having to take delivery of physical oil. Again, not something a hedge fund in like New York City wants to do. The problem is, though, with the shutdowns, oil demand has cratered with estimates that international demand is down around 30 Uh, million barrels per day for demand and then you had a note here about like what the actual demand is from all the countries. Do you want to get into that quicker?
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, the worldwide crude oil production, I think this is in 2018, was about 95 million barrels per day, 42% of which came from the OPEC member countries and OPEC is primarily uh, Middle Eastern and North African countries. Um, And the U.S. was producing around 12 million barrels per day in 2019. However, the United States alone consumed 20 million. But, so think about it, worldwide production was at 95 million barrels and demand plummeted uh, with estimates apparently of around 30 million barrels per day. That's massive.
1: Yeah, that's huge. It's uh, unprecedented, as a lot of people are saying. And Saudi Arabia is kind of going for... They're kind of going to. I think they're going for the DoorDash model of just destroy everyone and we'll uh, come out from the ashes. They're actually like increasing demand. I think they're in uh, negotiations with a lot of countries to decrease demand. Uh, but they're kind of going full scorched earth here, and there's a lot of political things going on uh, with the uh, people, the output, and things like that. But
0: yeah, so that's just kind of the the full outlook of why the oil price is crashing. I want to sort of unpack some of the stuff you said. So if you bought. May oil futures today or whatever at negative forty dollars, and you thought you were making money. Like they're giving you money to to get to invest in oil. You at, if you let that expire, there's the option that it can be executed, and you have to be able to take that right.
1: Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I'll get into why it went negative this time, but yeah, typically uh it converges on the actual price because a head and uh a refinery or someone who actually wants the oil is going to buy it. But yeah. So let's
0: say let's say that I mean, do you have to be qualified to like uh, day have hit certain metrics in order to invest in oil futures?
1: I think you just have to have um enough capital. It's like any futures trading. You don't yeah. want to just buy up, you know how like, I mean, you can just buy up technically all the futures. Um, what was it? There was that story about the medallion fund in that book, how they actually like own 90% of the wheat or the futures of wheat in the country, uh, which is kind of yeah. crazy, but that's just kind of how the futures market works. Um, I don't think anyone actually, or usually uh, takes on the actual oil. So then who if buys they it want to, but-, but What? Like, Sorry.
0: Who-, who, so then who actually buys it at the end? Like, Re- like refineries. Refineries. Yeah. Okay, and they always usually just wait until the end. Is that like end of the month, I'd assume?
1: Yeah, they're the only ones, um, from what I read, they're the only ones that actually hold the contracts until the expiration date. It's kind of like a call or put option okay. in that regard. Right.
0: Continue, sorry.
1: Okay, so another question you might have is what is WTI or West Texas Crude? That is one of the benchmarks for oil pricing, one of the three, and that is the American one. Uh, why did prices go negative? That's probably the big question on a lot of people's minds. So the economic slowdown has made it so supply has totally outstripped demand. It's a basic supply and demand curve from economics 101. And American companies have run out of room to store the physical oil. So they don't have, they literally don't have room to store the oil. So they don't even want to buy it. If they have like, say you have a warehouse or something like that, or it's not a warehouse, but whatever you use to store oil, Uh, They don't have room for it. So there is, it's like they don't even want any, even if it's super cheap, that caused prices to totally plummet. So if there's no place to store it, nobody wants to own the futures contract that is about to come due, even the refineries. So this may the May oil futures market go, quote unquote, no bid and basically just plummet like in demand. And the other thing,
0: yeah. And the other thing, if you're like hearing this and you're like, okay, well then, Yeah, sure. I'll take the $40 and I'll take a barrel of oil. Like you, you have to be able to accept it and you have like, no one wants that. You literally could not. And this is why it's priced like this. You couldn't pay me $40 to store oil in my backyard.
1: Right. Yeah. The, that's why it plummeted to negative rates is because they were having to pay people to take it off their hands. There's nowhere for it to go.
0: Right. Okay. Continue.
1: Okay. Last question someone might have is like, what is the actual true price of oil? So I'm still trying to figure this out. Like there's not really a good like single metric. It's not like the S&P 500 where there's just one price that it's at and it trades. However, one interesting note though, is that the June contract, which is still above $20. So that's like the June contract that's kind of going to roll over what a lot of people are going to start buying. So people think it'll be $20, I wrote a share here, but a barrel, then this is the largest month-to-month spread ever. So basically it broke the oil markets. Technically though, when May contracts expire, the quote-unquote price of oil will be the June one. So it, it's going to go back to positive likely tomorrow, unless, I mean, maybe when you're listening to this, we're seeing that we're negative oil prices on the June one, Uh, but that would be crazy because it's not, it's still so far out. So. Typically, right. the physical price of oil will converge onto the end of the June uh, the whatever the current uh, contract is when the ex- expiration date is just because that's the demand versus the supply on the what
0: the actual refineries want and so this correct time, me if the I'm, market just broke correct me if I'm wrong but it, it's based Or it's predicated on the idea that these gas stations and the refineries and all this stuff are able to get rid of the gas. So uh, assuming that civilization goes back to normal, the shelter-in-place order is disbanded or whatever, and people start driving around again, that's when gas prices will go positive. But if this shelter-in-place extends, then we're going to have negative prices again, correct?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's hard to tell, but – it's not gas. Uh, oil, gas is what you get out of oil, so
0: we're not yeah, going to get... I mean, uh, they, they got to get rid of it on one, on one end.
1: Yeah, they don't... I don't think they have... It's different. There's supply, which is like, say, someone from Saudi Arabia or Saudi Aramco, and they sell to the refineries, refineries make stuff, and then takes another process to get down to gasoline. So there's a whole big uh, thing there, and gases aren't gas prices aren't going to go negative um, because that's actually a physical thing. But... Unless they increase the supply within the American um, refineries where you can store physical oil and if demand decreases while like Saudi Arabia, Russia, the shale companies aren't pumping out or are pumping out, excuse me, then there's going to be no supply and there's going to be or sorry, there's going to be too much supply, no demand and we'll probably have the same thing happen again. But yes, if things go back to normal, demand you know skyrockets because the uh, pandemic subsides or whatever, or people start going back to their daily lives. But there still is a ton of uncertainty here. And one question I have, do you think this is going to blow up any hedge funds?
0: You remember that hedge fund where the guy was like, he literally made like a cameo video of him just crying and like, I'm sorry, but I lost all your money. And he sent it to, to his clients. That guy yeah. was like an oil futures trader and he went bankrupt at $60 something (laughs) like that. So I can't imagine, I mean, I guess maybe he did a horrible job hedging, but if you didn't hedge, yeah, you're screwed, right?
1: Yeah, and anyone connected to the energy markets, it's an uncertain time right now. Uh, Does this, though, make you want to get into trading commodities
0: or does it make you want to stay away? Because it's kind of, you know, seems a little exciting. I don't know. Yeah, it's exciting, but like, No, not at all. I have like no one I, no one I've talked to has an expertise in commodities and oil particular in particular. And it's so unpredictable. It's like, I get that there's volatility and like, maybe you can capitalize on that with like straddles or derivatives one way, but no, I do not want any part in commodities, especially after this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all it. Right. Hopefully that ex- helps explain it uh, for people. I know when I was researching it, I, got, I learned a lot And um, that the thing that they're quoting in the newspaper, or not the newspaper, just on Twitter, all the big sites are not – it's not actually the price of oil. It's just the one contract.
0: Yeah. Um, current state of FinTwit. I don't have much because a lot of my stuff I just push down to hot water. Um, but I'll get a little political here. Um, okay. There are the mass protests going on right now. And in our, in our state and regarding, are they in our state? Olympia. Yeah. Huh. And it's regarding the shelter in place order and basically that it uh, violates our human rights. Um, And don't get me wrong. I want to go out. uh, I want, I'm, I'm like with, I get it. I, I understand. But I saw a uh, sign on Twitter that said, it had a whole bunch of stuff on it, but one of the lines was, "If you're sick, come protest anyways. It's your right." Come yeah. on, like you got natural, natural
1: selection, man.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, you know what? Like, and that's even like worse because you're like inviting them, and it's like, and I saw like a comment that was like, "All right, if I get it, I'm going to every protest I can, so that they know." And I'm yeah. like. <sighs>
1: i don't know you people can- are going crazy this is this is about six weeks in everyone's going nuts
0: yeah i guess this is what happens when you ask people to sit on their couch Or yeah
1: uh, i think this the older people though uh are going a little more crazy just because like young people like our age more people play video games and that's just like endless entertainment <laughs> all right uh current state of fintwit for you what do you have okay i just got one thing um All right, I have a question. Is this a chart crime? I'm going to describe it to you, uh, but you've seen plenty of these before. Um, It's a pretty uh, notable guy. He compares the top five companies as a percentage of the S&P 500 in 2000. So in 2000, the top five companies were Microsoft, GE, Cisco, Walmart, and Intel uh, to the top five now, which is all the big tech companies, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google, Microsoft. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, right, right. Whatever
1: right. the big five are. So it was like 18% then and is over 20% now. And they, everyone was saying like, wow, this is the bubble. Like this is the greatest bubble. That That is not what people should be looking at, correct?
0: Yeah. I don't – I've never understood the like – it was 18% way back when? In 2000. Well, it's different companies. Yeah, I get that. But I –
1: I don't it think a de- it's a bubble. The, I mean, you got to look at the companies on an individual basis, earnings power, potential growth. Amazon has a lot of tailwinds right now.
0: Think about them in terms of like it's okay, that's how much it makes up 21% of the S&P, right? Yeah. So, I mean, think about their like earnings as a percentage of the S&P's earnings or even like their their market share in the real world. Like it's not it's not unrealistic that they make up 20%. Yeah.
1: And does that mean we should, you know, and do more antitrust investigation? And then does that also mean I, I think this is a good point of why we don't like investing in those five companies individually, just because we already own
0: broad market ETFs, right? Yeah. I mean, you get enough exposure through most indexes. So I don't think, and there, there are people, there are super, there are investors that we really like that own a, uh, a lot of those companies. So, I just don't see the reason to own a company that big where you already get that much exposure if you're indexed.
1: Yeah, or if you're indexed in like your Roth IRA, like we are, or something like that, um, or just part of your, you know, a small part of your account.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, We got some good stuff on the back half here, but before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break. So here you go. Welcome back in. Um, let's get right into it. We have a draft now, and it's going to be the worst investors that you would quarantine with, and the best investors to quarantine with. Um, we're going to alternate. We picked three for each. Do you want to do worst or best first? Uh, let's do let's do best first, and then
1: yeah, a couple just ground rules. Right, this is someone that's going to be living with you, but it also they could be the ones providing the housing. Uh, so, you know know what I mean? Right. Like, or not, not providing the housing, but like, you know, you're in a normal house, but they, you know, they got, if
0: they're really rich, um, they can, uh, you're living with them for like two months. So, okay. Well, mine, I was just thinking personalities, but we'll, we'll get into it. Um, best one, number one, you want to go first or me? You can go ahead. The number one that I'd probably want to be with, I'm going to go Josh Wolf. Um, Mm. Yeah, no, I like Josh Wolf. I think he's smart. I think he'd be entertaining, um, and you know, he's he's youthful. He's spry. He's young. Yeah, yeah, I like Josh Wolf. I'm gonna go him number one. All right, that's a good one. Uh, I never,
1: I didn't think of him. Uh, I guess he is an investor. He's a VC. Uh, so yeah, and he'd probably come out a, a hell of a lot smarter. Yeah.
0: All right. What's your number one? My number one is Charlie Munger. That was my pick. That was my real number one, but as I was about to say it, I thought he, he's old man. I don't He care, might be right? a liability in terms of like, like you got to change his pants or something. Dude, he's got
1: dude. He's worth billion. He's worth a billion dollars. He has caretakers. I don't have to t- look. First off, he's not messing with anything. He's sitting down. He's reading. All right. He is not listening to music loud. It's quiet. So one, the biggest thing for uh, you know living with people is one loudness and two, messiness. He is perfect on those regards. And secondly, he'll probably give me some, like, quotes about he'll be, like, chomping on peanut brittle or something like that, like, whatever he eats all the time. Like, I think that's what he eats. Uh, But he'd say something like, you know, you got to build a bridge, but what are the supports? And then I'll be
0: sitting there, like, thinking about his riddles all day. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a good riddle guy. He was my number one, and I was going to push him to number two. You're right, he'll probably have caretakers. um, But I have – I have a third and fourth, so I might just move my third up here. Um, My uh, second one then is going to be Peter Lynch. Wow, in his prime. I don't know. Spoiler: He
1: might. might, Spoiler: He's on my. uh, He he's on my worst. But ooh, okay. uh, You say your reasoning first, and then we'll go to the. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I like the guy. Easy to understand. And this is still him in his prime. Not now. I don't. I haven't really paid attention to him or kept up. But I mean. He's entertaining. Every time I've heard him talk in those little uh, videos, I've, I've been captured by it. Kind of got that Josh Wolf effect. Yeah? Yeah. All right. What's your second one? Okay, second one. I might have to is... speed this up.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. the second one uh, we got, all right, this is only because I want to know what happened, truly happened during the great financial crisis, and that is Ben Bernanke. All right, I don't know how like nice he is or whatever of a roommate. Maybe he's kind of a dick, but I just know one night we're going to drink. We're going to get very drunk. I'm going to get him super drunk, and I'm going to get him to spill the beans of what truly happened during the great financial crisis, and I would really want to know that.
0: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my third is Bill Gurley. Yeah. Only problem is that he's tall, <laughs> and he could – he could be like a nuisance when it comes to doorways. Yeah, he'd be a little intimidating, but I figure maybe we'll stay at his place and like I assume he's got tall doorways, so we're probably fine, but uh, yeah yeah like Henderson that. Henderson, Wolf uh, Gurley. who'd you Lynch. say?: Henderson, Wolf, Gurley, Lynch. That's the That's right.: Yeah, how Rushmore's a VCs right there. And it would have been Munger. Um, I think Munger and Wolf would be hell, like a hell of a combo. Yeah, they'd be good okay um what's your third my third one and this is because i think he would
1: be the best investor uh during the quarantine and that is michael berry um he, dude he no. hasn't has the best track record of the last oh. month but he would be great because i think he would like i don't know i think he'd just be the best investor in this sort of times from his track record
0: you saw that he that he stopped on twitter right yeah he couldn't handle the heat apparently he got 100,000 followers real quick though so first of all, all he's gonna do is complain about quarantine the whole time you're in quarantine. Second of all, he listens to he- super loud rock music. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, think, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's I the don't. movie. Okay, do you, that's the movie. Do you know if he actually does that? That's Christian Bale, not. Hey, the, uh, the Big Short's one of the top movies. It said it was based on real events, so yeah. So it's definitely hundred percent true. Right. Uh, worst investors to quarantine with. Number one, who are you gonna go? Okay, well, he was one of your best, and
1: I'm gonna go Peter Lynch, strictly because I think he's gonna be annoying. All right, he's gonna pick up, and you're gonna be at any meal. He's gonna pick up his drink, and he's gonna be like, "See this? You see this, guys? This is new. See this? Like, you gotta invest in this. Like, oh, too much anecdotal evidence. Yeah, dude, too much anecdotal evidence every single day." be like dude i get it dude you ate fruit loops and invested all right just, just shut up peter
0: i guess i would you know what when i read like those books i was thinking like man if i was his daughter i would hate going to the mall with him because he always talked about like he would just go to the mall with like a you know freaking notebook <laughs> yeah. and i'm like all right i'm just gonna lynch go underrated that. strange dude okay my number one's gonna be dalio too much radical transparency i think he'd yes. just be far too honest with me if i was with him for that long um and I think he'd try to be in charge of everything, like the whole idea meritocracy thing. And he, oh God, man, he just gets on my nerves. So he's number one for me. <laughs> Can't stand him. It's uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> a no-go. Yeah, he'd be doing some weird stuff. He'd be like, guys, you want to do this? Uh, you know, We're doing some exercises, mental exercises in here if you want to join us on this Zoom call. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. My okay. guy is, you can pick any person for this, uh, but it is, uh, it might be a little cheating, but it's commodities guy.
0: I was going to say crypto guys. Crypto guys, I think they're just falling off. Commodities guys. Wait, what about technical analysis or day traders?
1: Yeah, so commodities guys kind of fall into that uh, where they're probably like, oh, did you see this? Like the price of wheat just shot up. Like, dude, I don't care. Should I buy? Yeah, like, dude, you seen this double top on the price of wheat? I'm buying
0: puts. um,
1: Yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be, yeah, that'd be a hard one. They're probably watching CNBC all day. I mean, I just don't want that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Okay, my second one is going to be a combo, two people. Um, I know this is kind okay. of cheap, but uh, Ross Gerber and Montana Skeptic going together. Uh-huh. Um,
1: they're be- just because
0: of the combo? Yeah, I mean, the. Uh, I-, I think they might get in a physical confrontation. Yeah, I don't know. I think Montana Skeptic's, a, yeah, from what I've listened
1: to him, he seems like a respectful guy, but I don't know if he could even resist Ross spouting out <laughs> about Tesla all day, especially if it's trading above 700
0: yeah all right oh uh, which i
1: forgot is i forgot to ask this week only the third week is tesla fairly valued no all right what's what's the stock price it's it i was up to i think it was flat today it's like 760
0: oh yeah no it's not um okay third one what do you have third one is fed truther um
1: you could pick any of those guys there's the guy i forget his name he's like the bubble bubble on Twitter, um, any one of those people, just that they don't understand how, I mean, I don't understand how the Federal Reserve works, but basically the people that do understand how the Federal Reserve works are not those people.
0: Are you talking Uh, about the guy who said he can, he should, uh, he'll charge $1,000 an hour for like a sit-down conversation? Oh yeah, same guy, totally not a grifter. Okay, yeah, no, I could not stand him. Um, My third one here. So it's VCs, um, and I'm thinking Calacanus. Don't Okay, you know what? Kalakness, I actually, I've listened to him a few times, and I think my opinions kind of shifted on him in some regards. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just kind of, we're Scott Galloway fans, so he kind of came out, you know. He has some cocky tweets occasionally, but he's not that bad of a guy. However, I think him and Dalio in a room would just like eat each other up because I don't think Kalakness oh, yeah. does well with other people trying to take charge. So you, yours is
1: more of a combo thing. You got a lot of synergies going on. Basically, the what's room.
0: going to be the most wrecked household? And I think Dalio, Gerber, Montana Skeptic, and Jason Calactonis would be a nightmare. I think MTV would sign that deal. A little awesome. uh, whatever, quarantine, you know, reality All TV right. show. Did you already say your third?
1: Yeah, I yeah. went first.
0: Okay. All right. So hot water this week. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Disney again. This one's real. Uh, They're in hot water. They're laying off 100,000 employees, but they are keeping their executive compensation plan and their dividend. Nice to see. uh, That'll that'll probably be really easy for PR to deal with. So good for them.
1: Glad. Yeah, I'm uh, serious. In all seriousness, I'm glad I
0: sold. Yeah, this like they've been in. Well, they've been in hot water for I want to say four weeks in a row now. So not a good look for Disney. Um. My second one is marriage. Zoom marriages are now legal in New York. Th- marriage? Well, yeah.
1: It's in hot water. Why are you going to get someone getting married on Zoom? You're who's saying going to get dignity? married over
0: Zoom. Uh, I don't know. You're, maybe they're trying to elope or something. I don't know. If you're getting married over Zoom, you're just doing it to get it done. And at that point, is getting married worth it? Um, this third one, though. The CDC is in hot water because they are no longer needed. Uh, Mr. Worldwide is here. He had a uh, quote on Twitter. He posted this. And for who? uh, Mr. Worldwide, otherwise known as Pitbull. Pitbull, yes. (laughs) Mr. Bull. Uh, He said, wake up, don't sleep. This is deep, deeper than a virus. This is about freedom or free-dumb. The choice is yours. Oh, yes. Educate yourself. God bless. Stay blessed.
1: Dude, he's probably like – he needs to just DJ so, the entire city of Miami.
0: He's so prophetic. I mean, <laughs> yeah, his words just they, – they grasp you. Um, okay, other fourth one here is Wall Street Bets. Um, I snagged this post from Wall Street Bets. It was on Twitter, um, and it was titled, If you lose money in Robinhood, does that mean you lose money in real life? Ah, uh, um, damn!
1: I had this. Do you remember what the uh, you remember what the username was?
0: Uh, u slash chode? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I got you. Um, oh yeah, and uh, he said, like, I guess what I'm saying is, I keep seeing red in my Robinhood app, and I got a notice from Robinhood saying something about being assigned and something that <laughs> something, <laughs> something uh something that mentioned a margin call. I think. Anyways, I just wanted to clarify that stuff is just in the app, right? Oh, God. Dude. Yeah, do they bad. think it's like a game?
1: I don't know. I, that, and it wasn't even like you label those if you make those sarcasm. Like, what do they call them? Uh, it's like shit posts or something like that. And that was discussion. It was like labeled discussion. So it was, you know, some like, oh, I have a real question. Um, and
0: <laughs>
1: that guy's learning. You know what I saw? Uh, Robin Track they tweet out their uh, the top buys or sells uh, of oh, 100 that. users every day. Number one today was USO, which is the United States uh, oil ETF. Uh, Thirty thousand Robinhood traders bought that today.
0: Dude, who taught these millennials or Gen Zs that buying the dip was the only way to invest?
1: I know, dude. They're buying more airlines today too. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy that what? I don't what? know who is who is is it like YouTube? What are the where are these people? Do they
0: know this? that like just because it goes down like. Doesn't mean it's cheap. Like, they think like, oh, okay. I feel like price anchoring is like the thing now, and they don't realize it. Every yeah,
1: Con- Daniel Kahneman is just fucking. He's just smiling. And like it's down ninety percent.
0: So it has to go up that much to get back to it, right?
1: Yeah. So, like, dude, this stuff's down. It's cheap, dude. It's like a penny stock. It's like a penny stock where they're like, dude, those shares are so cheap. I mean, okay. we, I mean, don't we thought like that? At least I thought like that when I first started yeah sure i guess i guess thirty thousand people are thinking the same way what else do you have okay mine I have, the, I have two of yours but i'll get into my first one retail traders dentists and doctors are in hot water because the medallion fund which is the algorithmic uh extraordinaire uh, founded by jim simons and all the other smart people that you know you know what i mean they like do like s- slow hyper frequency trading where That's they're uh, i
0: mean their job is to be a smart person
1: Yeah, and they train train their uh, machine learning uh, system to buy and sell for them. The Medallion Fund, though, is what it's called, and it's up 24% this year after fees, which are 5 and 36. And you learned that 2 and 20 was ridiculous. They charge 5 and 36. Yeah, but they deserve it. And they are up 24%, still up 10% in March. And the reason why I say that uh, retail investors, doctors, and dentists are in hot water is because the more activity there is, like, I saw that Schwab's activity, I think, was up 200%. All this activity, uh, I think, is just great for them. They're probably just like, the computer's learning and stuff like that. They they probably just eat that stuff up.
0: They're just, yeah, everyone's just a data point to them. They're on the
1: other side of all these trades.
0: Exactly. Um. What else do you have? Okay, I have two more. Uh, first up is
1: socialism. Uh, Senator Loeffler, who is in a lot of trouble for quote-unquote, insider trading, uh, blamed her insider trading on socialism. I only read the headline, so I don't know what her actual quote was, but uh, might have been misleading. But yeah, she she's sticking to her guns on that.
0: The other thing she said was, okay, and so I saw a headline that Loeffler was like, all right, to get rid of all this hoopla around insider trading, I'm just going to sell the shares. So Ed <laughs> has the authority to tell her advisor to sell the shares, but she said she said she never talks to her advisor. It's a third party. So she obviously does. Secondly, she's selling all the things that are probably topped now.
1: Yeah. Because they
0: focus on remote work.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. She's um she honestly looks like Corella Deville.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh what else do you have?
1: Uh all right, last one. Now this is just sad, uh, because as my when I was a young kid, my mom would watch Oprah every day, and when I'd come home, I'd see it on. So I'd see Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, and they really uh, wow—they put on some performances this week. Uh, I didn't tough see looks that. for them. Tough, tough looks. You really can't trust do- TV doctors anymore.
0: I so I heard about this, but I didn't really like see what happened. Well, they were kind of uh, showing why
1: they're not real doctors. Um, I'll just leave it at that. They're talking about the pandemic, saying no. things about, you know, school, you know, 2 to 3%. If we let all the schools go back, 2 to 3% might die. Uh, but is it worth it? You know, like some of those type of questions. A
0: little ill-informed. Okay. Um, fuck, Mary kill this week. The theme is the auto industry uh, oh, kind of tailing off the whole oil thing. So my three that I've got here are GM, Ford, and Cars.com. Cars.com. Hmm. I haven't seen GM Ford at
1: cars.com.
0: For like reference, GM, cars.com is down 70% the last 3 months.
1: Look, yeah, cars.com's interesting, but I think I'll kill that just because uh, I don't know, all three of those could easily go bankrupt.
0: Okay, here's the thing about GM though. They've got the Cruise thing. Cruise is nice. Cruise is nice. They're like second behind in the future. Yes, yeah,
1: second behind Waymo. They're doing some innovative things. Uh, but I, I mean, even if they go bankrupt, it could be interesting compared to the other two here. So I think I'll marry GM. We're um, okay. tougher time, um, but I think they'll still survive as a brand. haven't really looked at the balance sheet. Uh, I know they're in a lot of trouble, though. I don't know. I don't like Cars.com or Ford at all. Uh, and GM I wouldn't invest in, but I guess out of those three, I like them. But I'll, I'm going to go with the double kill. So, so Ford and Cars.com.
0: I think Ford is poised for a steady decline for a long time, um, and right, that's because the Model Y industry. I will marry a GM because on the hunch that Cruise becomes something, that's their you know that's the safety valve. So maybe they'll have that down the road. I'm banging cars.com because I think they're down ninety percent this year. Buy the dip. If Robinhood users are doing it, I can do it. I'm I'm gonna bang uh, cars.com. Uh, anecdotal evidence this week. What did you think of the Last Dance? Oh,
1: yeah. You watched it?
0: Yeah. Would you, yeah. I mean, I feel like I
1: should be asking you this question because you don't. I mean, it's not like descent. Like you're more of a soccer guy, um, yeah. in football. You don't really follow the basketball that well. Did you know anything about the MJ
0: story at all? Um. I mean, I, I knew like. But MJ is like vaguely his I didn't know the intricacies of like Jerry, what's his name, Krause or whatever. And yeah, I not know that. I didn't know all that, but uh, it was it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, I I thought it was great. And maybe it's just because there's nothing else to watch in quarantine right now. But man, it was good. And you know what? No, Golden State would not have beat the Bulls.
1: No, they would crush them. You should watch the defense.
0: The Bulls would crush them, or the Warriors. Dude.
1: Steve Kerr was playing. I'm telling you, dude, the Warriors would crush him. Don't think so. Dude, they're – yeah. They expanded the court so much. I don't know. Whatever. We're not – we don't know that enough about basketball. But either way, it's really good, and it shows that why he's uh, the best ever.
0: Yeah. Um, what did you have for anecdotal evidence?
1: Okay, well, I just saw this earlier about two hours ago. It came across uh, – I was reading something on CNBC – and I saw the breaking news headline that Amazon workers are planning a nationwide protest tomorrow. So uh, don't know if this is for real, uh, cause it's just kind of the rumor uh, from CNBC, but if them and Walmart, if their supply chains break workers protest because of the, you know, health effects, you know, breakouts in uh, the warehouses, things like that. I know there was even some meatpacking plants in the Midwest that had breakouts um, and they had to close down, which is like hurting the, pork industry maybe i don't know but if those two supply chains broke down walmart and amazon had a tough time that would make the country that
0: would be like bad right really really bad all right let's say those people protest and they say we're not working anymore there's 22 million unemployed that are looking for jobs
1: Oh, true. There might be an, uh, there might be enough demand. So you're saying they're going to bring in the strike breakers? What strike breakers do they bring in first? The Boston Dynamics robots? Or do they bring in the 22 million people? Ah, uh, God, I don't know. Boston Dynamics, I, I the, don't the real strike breakers.
0: Bezos, he's cutthroat, man. He's still got it. I don't think he will have any problem hiring a bunch of new employees and telling everyone else to get lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're paying them the best in the industry. Uh, you know, you could... Argue that they deserve more just because of the certain situations, but they they raise they raise pay, uh, and they, they're really the lifeblood of the economy at this point, for better or worse.
0: Okay, well that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. We uh, we're going to have interviews, I believe, the next two weeks. So um, looking forward to that. Um, names you guys probably know. Uh, they are popular fintwit personalities and good investors um, or well known investors. So. Look out for those. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us wherever you're listening. Like and uh, subscribe wherever you're listening also. I think that's a thing. Uh, but like and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. If you have any questions or any shows you want us to do, uh, shout us out on Twitter or you can email us at the uh, Podcast at gmail.com um, and we'll get to all those and we'll definitely get back to you. Thank you guys for listening. We're not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat Money is not formal advice or a recommendation. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>